seeing that world through rose-tinted glasses. And that's ultimately not the Christmas story that is rooted in the witness of Scripture. The real Christmas, the celebration of the birth of Jesus, as recorded in the Scripture we heard tonight, is about this. It's about God coming to save us. In other words, the real Christmas is about God's rescue mission for planet Earth. It is about God invading his own fallen and rebellious creation to save us from powers that enslave and dehumanize and ultimately destroy us. You know, the prophet Isaiah calls us, I think he refers to all of us, as a people who have walked in darkness. And we are indeed a people in darkness. In fact, I would have to say, just looking at the news and living in the culture that I live in now, that the world is as dark a place now as I have ever seen it. And as a pastor, I deal constantly with the fallout of the moral revolution of the past 50 years. So many have imbibed the propaganda that the way to human happiness is through unbridled commitment to self-fulfillment as defined by following our desires and our passions and our appetites to wherever they may lead us. But the result of that pursuit and the thing that I have to deal with in pastoral ministry is this. It is the destruction of families and the harm that is caused to children, the issues of addiction, a spike in mental illness, a financial ruin, and the expanding culture of death. And in place of the autonomy and freedom and liberation and inclusion promised by the moral revolution, there is the reality of oppression and really the fragmenting of relationships and the fragmenting of our society. And that wasn't supposed to happen. We were all supposed to, again, another uh, time-relevant uh, quotation that most of you younger people won't know, but we were supposed to be living in the age of Aquarius. <laughs> now, to put too fine a point on it, Christmas happened because we are in rebellion against God. In other words, we are in rebellion against God via our self-directed living, which is actually sin, and that has the power, the inevitable power, to enslave us all. Christmas happened because we are slaves to the passions that destroy us, and that's what, that's what Titus refers to. Christmas happens because without God's intervention, his radical intervention, we are in darkness, a darkness of a life without purpose or meaning. Typified by nihilism, I deal with this constantly, especially among uh, millennials. I, I see this more and more, this spirit of nihilism or nihilism, uh, sneering cynicism, anger and malice. And like Scrooge pursuing his passion for wealth, we forge the very chains that enslave us. You remember, because I know you know this as good as you know the Christmas story, you, you remember the the story of Scrooge, you know, the dialogue he has with the ghost of Jacob Marley. Scrooge noticed that Marley is in chains. You are fettered, said Scrooge, trembling. Tell me why. Marley replies, I wear the chain I forged in life. life. I made it link by link and yard by yard. I girded it on of my own free will, and of my own free will I wore it. It's, is its pattern strange to you? Scrooge trembled more and more. Oh, or would you know, pursued Marley, the weight and length of the strong coil you yourself wear? It was full as heavy and as long as this seven 
have labored on it since. It is a ponderous tomb. And that's why Christmas happened. Our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, gave himself, the scripture says in Titus, that our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, gave himself, in other words, he died on the cross to redeem us, to buy us back from lawlessness, in other words, the chaotic, self-destructive patterns of life that are the result of rejecting God's loving rule over our existence. The baby in the manger is the God who created the universe. And this God has entered into his own creation to restore it. This God, that baby in the manger, who was God from God and life from life, true God from true God, that baby in the manger has entered into his own creation to restore it and renew it at the cost of his very life. The baby on the, in the manger is on a mission that will end on the cross where he dies like a common rebel and a criminal in the place of all of us who have rebelled against God and who have flaunted his life-giving decrees. So what we celebrate in these sweet parables is God's invasion of his own creation that has become enemy-occupied territory. What we celebrate is God's campaign of liberation and victory that is one of the cross and the empty tomb. And that's the why of Christmas, that God has won our freedom, and now he invites us, and this is why we give gifts. He invites us to receive that great gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ. That is the only reason that we celebrate this holiday. And as much as I love the secular, uh, the secular sentimental, popular culture of Christmas, there's nothing wrong with that, mostly. It doesn't have the power save us. It doesn't have any staying power without the underlying true Christmas story of God's gospel plan to save and redeem us. And that's the story that God invites us to enter into tonight. Or as Charles Wesley said it much better than I have, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Thank God for the reason he gave us, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I invite you at this time to stand and confess the great mystery of the Christian faith that is revealed in the